0: Welcome back to another edition of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. A lot of people know I've been talking about trying to chat with Madeline since pretty much my start of podcasting, since basically since episode two. We finally chatted. We had a great time chatting. It was actually on launch day, launching the collector's boxes for the new book, the new Magnum Edition book for Wine Folly. And we had a chat that night. It was over Skype from her residence in Washington state. She is a musician. She's a graphic designer. She's a sommelier. She is a online presence with Wine Folly. She is an inspiration for a lot of young, up and coming female professionals in the wine industry. And uh, it was my pleasure to chat with her. And as a matter of fact, while we were waiting to get going, she was sitting there strumming her guitar before we actually got started, and uh, that's where we start. So let's get right into it. It's all
1: good. It's an old one. It's it a, looks a Yeah, Martin. it's a 60s. 1963. Martin O.A.T. So, uh, used to be my dad's guitar,
0: <laughs> and cool. I
1: pressured him for many years until he like, gave in and gave it to me.
0: <laughs> I'm a harmonica guy myself. Oh, but...
1: nice.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I laugh because my my buddies always, I, I play in a, in a band. They're always buying new guitars. Like every year, they've got like a new guitar. And I'm like, oh how, yeah how can you afford that
1: <laughs> you know it's not it's because they have another job and they probably don't play them as much as they should
0: one of them's a teacher so he's he's got the the full-time gig all set up yeah
1: wow full-time yeah. teacher of music
0: no 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 a teacher like uh high school
1: oh cool yeah that's different that's a lot different <laughs>
0: happy launch day
1: yeah, it's been a crazy day. Uh, we we're in the warehouse. So, I okay, I, honestly, I should have been up at 5.30, and I slept in until 6.30 because I left my alarm downstairs. And so I was rushing out the door to get to the warehouse. We have these collector's edition boxes we're shipping to, um, like the collector's edition of the book, which comes with the book. And yeah. I have one over there, but it's got like a glass in it and all this other stuff we've made for the package. My partner Ben came up for the launch and for getting these collector's editions out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we have one problem: the little uh, journal, the little tasting journal yeah. that comes with everything. It's uh, well I think it's on route. Hopefully, it's maybe in Portland now. Hopefully, oh, yeah. but it might not come in until tomorrow morning. And we're supposed to be ready on the line, kidding and assembling at the warehouse. So, uh oh, so Ben's got getting a rent a U-Haul truck possibly to go pick them up from the shipping distribution center. So there's like no time wasted. As soon as it comes, it loads on the truck and then we're going to take them right to the warehouse. And then tomorrow morning I'm on radio all day, most of the day. So I'm really proud of everything that's going to be It's taken a long work.
0: Where did you decide, I want to go above and beyond the first, you know, the first release?
1: Well, there's many things in the, in if you were to be in my shoes that you'd be looking at to make that decision. First of all, you got a lot of pressure from the publisher going, that was really good, we want another one. And they tell you like once a week, once a month, they're like, hey, by the way, we want know, when are we going to do another one? And then the second thing is like, can I actually fit it into my schedule realistically with all the other ones that we're trying to do at winefly.com and make it a reality? And then thirdly, I look at the old book, and this is the one that everybody wants to hear. I look at the old book and I look at my goals. And the goals, my goals are not my goals. They're Winefly's goals. They're like, what is Winefly trying to do? And Winefly's trying to educate new people getting into wine to help them open them up to the world of wine. And I look at what people are able to take in, the knowledge they're able to take in. And I look at the success of the first book. And then I look at all the negative views, what it didn't, the marks it didn't make. There's a lot to know about wine, and it's like, what do I? Sh- not what why, but like, what do people? What are people able to take in? And you know what I realized? People are a lot smarter that are reading about wine. They're a lot smarter, and they are willing to take in more, and they're capable of taking in more, especially with this visual design technique that we're using. Yeah. So I just realized, well, that works. We gotta do a lot more. Like, there's more to tell. Oh, you can take that. Let's do more. So, uh, so doing the new book was like, okay, how do we do everything that was in the first book times more, times two at least? I had so many, I had so many regions on this. I wanted to do the entire world. I wanted Brazil, Uruguay. I wanted Romania. I wanted Croatia. I wanted, I wanted all the regions of the world. Unfortunately, most of them got cut again. <laughs> but uh, the good news is we have so much more detail in this new book, and it really does cover, you know, there's a hundred wh- grapes and wines included in the book. Grapes like for now, Piresh, Filaro, you know, grape variety, Ioritico, can you even pronounce Ioritico? Yeah,
2: exactly. Sinomavro,
1: things like that. Weird grapes that are not weird when you taste them. Like you taste them, you're like, oh, this reminds me of this other wine I really, really <laughs> love. And oh my god, it's so much cheaper! So it's like discovery opportunities. Like if you're drinking Syrah, you should try other grapes. Maybe they're really good too. Um, so it's it's a book for discovery. It's a book more like a bat more like not a sit down and read, more like a sit down and taste yeah. book. That's how I always wanted it to be. And this book, the publisher was more willing to hear me out on. My, my requests, my demands, you know, it's really a relationship that you build with the publisher because they have what they think the market can take and then you have your own marketplace. Like we have our own followers and wine quality and they tell me what they want. And then there's your core vision, but um, it's really a relationship you build and they were willing to give me more say on what they thought I could do and more money. They made a hard, you know, they made a hardcover book this time. Yeah. And I get a larger percentage, of tiny-ass percentage, maybe 10% max. I don't even get the 10% on release. And they wouldn't, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't get, you know, if you want a big published book like this, that it's, this is, this is more like a marketing expense than it is like an actual product that makes money, which is why, you know, the balance. Can I make another book while I'm doing Mindful, trying to actually make money with the business? Um, can I actually offer another great book that I think is the community, the market really needs? Um, so I'm really proud of it. I'm glad we were able to pull it together. It was a, it was a lot of work. Um, and there were more than just me involved. So yeah. I, can, I can talk a, a, lot about, a lot about it if you want to.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's obviously a labor of love, and you're not the only—you are the face of wine, quality, but I mean, you're not—obviously, there's— there's other people in the background as well that have been working their ass off as well. Right. So,
1: yeah. So this book, the, uh, we had, I convinced the publisher that we needed, I needed a designer to help me. Um, and so then I got to go and find the best designer or what, like I have, I follow a bunch of other great infographic designers, visualization designers on the internet and I've been obsessing about them for a long time. So one this one woman, a young, talented visual designer out of Italy, her name's Federica Fragani, and she made all the uh the little oh, cool. flavor icons yeah. in the book, all the little flavors. And then she also did a lot of the major chunking of design, like the distribution charts, the flavor profile charts and that kind of thing. Like I came up with the design of the page and then I gave her a lot of data, like a spreadsheet full of data. And she turned turned out every single page and did a lot of the work. So I made a lot of templates and she did a lot of crunching, nice. and then I did a lot of writing. Um, and then one thing she contributed that was um, or totally original was um, she did these two for graphics. One is a wine map of the world showing the different regions. Yeah. And then um, she also did a um, sort of a area like a if you're if this was puddles of wine. These uh. are all the countries.
2: Oh that's cool. And
1: so it shows you the area of sort of the production size. And um it's quite a lot when you look at Italy and France. These are the top two. Italy, France, yeah. Spain, the United States are the major producers and this is the rest of the world. Nice. So it helps put things into perspective and I love I love her look at doing that type of, of
0: yeah. design. There's a lot of young females in who are just getting into the wine industry and who who think of you as a big role model. And and I'm just wondering what you you know does that what does that mean to you? You know what I mean?
1: I've had some young women come up to me and uh, tell me that I inspired them, and uh, you know it it um, makes you think really hard about what you're doing. I mean, if you're trying to be, it's one thing to feel honored. It's another thing to be like, was this am I doing the right thing for these, these young women out there? Like, am I putting myself out there? And if if I was a role model, what would I turn into if I was my own role model? Right. And, and, and I think, think that if you're in a, it's a responsibility, honestly. And so it makes me want to be a, a little less, a little more, honestly, a little bit more serious about my work and do great work. Right. Cause I want, if I was influencing myself, i would want to be like well you can do anything Madeline. you just have to try really hard and don't give up and don't listen to the naysayers but do listen to logical critique and and don't don't stop don't stop don't give up whatever it is that you're trying to to go for don't give up because and this is honest it doesn't matter if it's a girl or a guy. we all have you know, we women have huge opportunities in the wine business, as as many as dudes have, if yeah. not even more, because honestly, a friendly, smiling female face is what a lot of people like to look on to. You can really get your way into the wine industry easy. Whether or not you can climb those higher ladders is really up to you. you. And and when you get to those higher ladders as a female, you um, think differently of yourself. Mm. You are no longer sits and ass. You're no longer a smiling face and some tits and ass. You got to hustle. You got to have the brain power. You got to have logic. You got to have systems. You have to prove your worth and your value. It's easy to get stuck in the, the TNA category. I've seen I've seen a lot of women go down that route. Um, and it's easy to get stuck there because it's it's honestly it's it's fun, you know. Yeah. Hey, I look good. I'm holding the bottle of but that that only lasts so long. Well,
0: and, and you're
1: 40, 56 years old, 70 years old. You're like, yay. Actually, I think that would be cool to see that. Some older ladies like championing wines wearing like old school
0: swimsuits or something. There's so many women now that are in that, you know, 24 to 30, you know, age range that are just starting to kick ass, you know what I mean? And and to think about where in 10 years or 20 years that the industry will be, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I didn't get really get into the wine business until my mid mid to late twenties, so and I'm thirty five now. Uh, so well, I guess it's been in since 20, 2008, so yeah. it's been about ten years. Um, so yeah, so if you build upon every year you learn new things and you try really hard every year, and each time you're just trying to go towards a little bit more of you, of who you are. And a little bit more deeper understanding of what you're trying to do. Yeah. About what you're trying to do the table. I know, though. Everyone's path is different. You know, I, I'm, I'm a designer. I wasn't always. I played guitar. I played music. Um, but I'm a visual person. So right. that was my skill that I could offer and provide value, to. So, yeah. So I like it. I love meeting the young women who are trying to write there's some smarties out there. They're smarter than me, honestly. There's some really smart young women out there, young the men who are just killing it in these tests and these examinations. With WSET and for Master is they're just killing it. They're doing a great job.
2: Yeah, I know for sure. I
1: I'm really excited to see what new wineries and wine businesses come out of this this group of talent. This is the time when you can actually take a really big risk in your life and be like, you know what. I'm going to make a winery or I'm going to make a wine brand or I'm going to start a magazine or I'm going to mm. do, you know, whatever it is, you know, an importing business. I know this young, uh, this young, she's about my age, honestly, uh, uh, Athena Buchanis in New York City. and She started a Hungarian wine importing company. She only imports Hungarian wine.
2: Nice.
1: <laughs> I had not even had, I didn't even know how to pronounce yeah. Chersiki Fusaraj before I met her. And she was like very, very straightforward with me and sent me an email and was like, you are tasting Hungarian wine. I'm going to help you. And I was like, okay. All right. Well, if you put it like that, I will, uh, yes, ma'am, I will do, I will taste your wines. And I had yeah. no idea what to expect. And I, she got me on Skype and tasted through like, she sent me eight bottles or something like that. Eight bottles of wine. And I'm tasting these Hungarian wines that you fart. Cheršiki Kusareš, Glau Frankish, you know, some, some classic, uh, Herr Harsh Löblu, you know, Hungarian grape varieties. Yeah. And I learned a lot from her. And she knew it all, and she knew the pronunciations, and she'd been to Hungary a bazillion times, and she's picking out the wines and getting to know all the winemakers, and she's so excited to share it. And that passion was infectious. So I was like, yeah, you far! It's this white grape that grows on a volcanic hill. And it's very rare, and it's, it's fun to say out loud, you fart. <laughs> and, and apparently there's like some weird story that if women drink the wine, you know, around the time that they get pregnant, they'll have a boy. It's like this ancient, like, oh, it's good luck you have a yeah.
0: son. Ancient it's mythology.
1: This, it's the weird white wine, sun wine. <laughs> <You> bring <laughs> me a son. I don't know. That's uh, funny. So yeah. So, so like people like that.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. even in Vancouver, there's a there's a two ladies that do a lot of Greek impor, uh, Greek wine importations.
1: Ah, yeah,
0: you know? and that's their one of their one of their focuses is uh, that's their niche. Um, Greek wine, mix, yeah, so. yeah. How long have I been chasing to to chat with you? How long has it oh, been? Oh wow,
1: you've been patient and persistent. Yeah. I got it. Love it.
0: That's funny. Jason said the same thing. Jason goes, "You're persistent but patient." And, and I finally got him, I finally got him a couple of weeks ago and he said, we can record now, but you can't release, you can't release the podcast until the, the, the song 3 comes out on iTunes. So I'm like, that's fine. No problem. I can sit on it. No problem. So anyway, he was, he was a hoot to chat with.
1: Oh man, Jason's
0: awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I was just, I was just on like two days ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's
1: like a major ball of energy. That man. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I yeah. totally love it.
0: How, how cool has that been to be part of that group, you know what I mean, to be associated with that, that franchise? Because, I mean, it's, you know, it's literally it's literally a franchise now. You can you can call it a franchise, right? There's three, yeah, I guess it's three films You, could, you I, could say that now.
1: I see each one of those people in those films as individuals, but together they've done this thing together. And it kind of holds them together. So whenever we see each other, there's that bond. I, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm kind of the, like, the half sister <laughs> of the group, because I came in on Psalm 2 and they're in Psalm 1. And they really did the master psalm thing, like that Psalm 1 breaks your brain. You know, you watch it and you're like, oh my god! yeah So I really feel for each and every one of those guys, because we actually had an emotional connection with them, whereas in the other films, I'm more like a narrational role like the talking head. I like it. I feel like everyone should have that. A group. You know, you get that in a restaurant. When you work on a team in a restaurant, you get that team, the camaraderie of the team, your front of house team, your back of house team, this connection you have, and you can share drinks with that person. You know? I like to be able to share drinks with people and share that camaraderie of like being in the weeds together, doing something crazy together, doing something that's out of the ordinary, it's extraordinary together. And honestly, running a restaurant every single day is an extraordinary feat. It yes. really is. Every it single great restaurant, it's a feat. Every single day is a, a marathon.
0: Getting, so, through, getting through service, right?
1: Yeah, getting through service. Every day, every day, they do it. Um, and I look at the best restaurants in the world and it is, there's, there's definitely a science to it. It gets dialed in. But um I personally I like the madness. I like the weeds, I like the insanity, I like the the crazy things that happen with like even like angry customers that storm into the kitchen and yell at the chef, like, oh that just makes me hot. <laughs> uh so so being involved with the movie in a way and making crazy decisions, yeah we're gonna go do that. I'm gonna go fly over here and do this thing with you. Like that That's cool. That's fun. I like the adventure. It feels like you're on a pirate ship with a bunch of mates.
0: Yeah, that's the way I feel. Like chatting with guys like Jason and Brian, that you you, like, you said you can get that. You get that sense, right? That there's a a group. There's that. uh, Like you said, it's just like a a band of misfits, right? Yeah,
1: that's exactly what it's like. It's (laughs) it's misfits.
0: Yeah, and.
1: Everyone, everyone has the opportunity to make their own community in that way, and you kind of share share the secrets with, with those people and be be something together.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything recently that you that you had that kind of has spoken to you? You know what I mean? Like emotionally, uh, have you had like a great wine recently that you're thinking, "Oh man, this one, this is this is one that just hit you." You know what I mean?
1: You know, I just tasted a wine uh, maybe two days ago. I was in, was, today is Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, I was on Saturday. I was in, it was in Sonoma and I was, the, the book trailer that just came out yeah. was done over two days. I edited it at the airport and I wrote the music on my guitar. Last night or two nights Last night? I was like, it was, like, it was last night. And so like it was all recorded and put together. Rather quickly, and I, uh, the, the reason I had to record the music was because it, I didn't want to get, I don't want to get sued. I had a scratch track that I didn't know if I was going to get sued or not, so, so I had to ditch that thing and make my own thing. So, this wine, we are filming at, in Sonoma at uh, the Barlow at PAX Wines. There's a bunch of other alternating proprietorship wineries happening at that location in the Barlow in Sebastopol. Sorry, I was in Sebastopol. It was uh, this Jolie Laid is the wine. Jolie, like Jolie, yeah. and Laid. I think mean, it's ugly, pretty ugly. I don't know what them. Jolie Laid.
2: Yeah.
1: We're going to look up Jolie Laid. A woman whose face is attractive despite having ugly features. So, like, that's not a butter face. It's a butter that's beautiful body. Yeah. So, Jolie Laid is like, you know, it's a quirky girl. So, he has a Syrah. I tasted. That was peppery. It was, uh, peppery like a Northern Rome wine. It almost had like the Saint stuff quality to it. And not that I looked to France for Syrah. Let me, let me tell you, I've had some great Australian Syrahs that I love. I like that it was from Sonoma because it still, it still had that fruit layer, that yeah. American fruit. And then it had this peppery quality, but it was super clean. You know, it was very clean. Like it, yeah. and it didn't have too much of the French, it didn't have too, it was its own thing. But it had the the profile of what we, people would call European wine made in an American style. Yeah. Like an American terroir. And I was like, this is this is truly unique. I taste um, that uh brain wine Carlo is a great, great example, something similar to that. Um which is clean wine making, European style, but truly an American wine. And those guys over there in Sonoma are starting Petaluma gapp Sonoma, like that whole coastal region is starting mm-hmm. to just blow my palate off my face, and I'm excited about it.
0: Actually, that just reminds me because you were up in the Okanagan uh, over the summer. Yeah. Um, was there something? Was there anything there that hit you? Was there a particular winery or or somewhere or something that you really thought, oh, this one I like?
1: Oh, yeah. Even with you, the uh, vibe those or the whites the... up there, the white wines. Yeah. That's what I'm paying attention to up in that region. And that's no good to hear from a region like that. They want to make great red wines. People like to travel to my country to drink red wine. But we're talking world-class level. You know, uh, those Riesling wines have so much potential yeah. up there. It's ridiculous. Um,
0: yeah, the Rieslings are, are ridiculous up there.
1: It's the most – in sparkling wines also. like yeah. I've got my fingers crossed for sparkling and Riesling and, and, and Chardonnay and some of those lighter red varieties. They're gonna be great up there, and that region's one of the most stunning regions to visit in the world. Like yeah. it's, it truly is a stunning region, and it's it's a playground. It's like the campers' paradise. Like there's all those amazing hikes, and there's rock climbing, yeah. water, and like everything you would ever want. If on in Yosemite, but it's also wine country. It's same yeah. time. So that alone is like that's enough draw to get me back there every year. Yeah. alone. So yeah I was very excited about uh, BC one and so much potential there.
0: Yeah I like I like the Hatch. I just actually recorded a podcast with uh the Hatch Wines. They're one of my favorites for uh reds and whites. They're uh, their stuff I love.
1: I was pretty keen on Tantalus, I'll be honest with you. On which one? The, the Tantalus?
0: Yeah, Ta- Tantalus Riesling is is legendary up here.
1: He just knows what, he just knows what the heck he's doing. That David, uh, uh, what's his name? David Patterson. He yeah. he's a talented winemaker. He knows what the heck he's doing. He should be making wine. He should be doing it there because he's bringing a name to the region.
0: He's he's a guy that uh, like I actually recorded as well with uh, Kitch Wines and Grant used to work under him, and he's almost like that mentor that you move on, like you work for him and then you want to move on. And you, you, know, yeah, you, you get need you get Yeah. In
1: the area, we need more people making quality wines. And you know what? The one thing he said that made me do hmm, <laughs> made me twirl my beard, my imaginary beard. And I can't, I cannot wrap my brain around this, and I have no opinion. But he has an opinion, so I thought that was interesting. I asked him because a lot of winemakers up there, they go, "Oh yeah, we pick a different time. We take some of the, the uh, less ripe fruits, the acidity." blend the riper fish, you to get that really nice fruit and acid balance and it all comes from the same vineyard block. And I was like, you know, they do that in New York, New York State too. Like I you know a lot of places do stuff like that. In France is that I talked to dancers, I talked to David and he's like, that's cheating. You need ripe fruit, you just pick once. You pick when you're ripe and you better be done. And he's like, you're not doing good viticulture if you're doing that. And I was like, okay, man. you say what you say? You're obviously on the vineyards Futson in the vineyard way more than me. Maybe there's something you know that I don't know. Maybe I need to learn more about this viticulture thing that I think I know a lot about. I clearly don't know enough about it. You're saying that to me. So I'm, so I'm like, huh. So like, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know. I don't know if David's right. I don't know if these, these multi-pick time people are right. But you know what I like? I have a question that I don't have an answer to. Yeah.
0: He's obviously doing, he's obviously doing something right because his stuff's you know, delicious. It's a, so. Yeah,
1: it's pretty great.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, really, it's pretty good. That, I that, drink like, all
1: mine. I bought a whole bunch and just sucked it all down. I can't store it cause Yeah, I just drink it.
0: I know, you literally have to buy, you gotta buy, buy so two. Like at least
1: three cases, you know, because yeah. you get the one case for deep storage, the second case for like, that's the desperation moment. Like after a year, you can't wait any longer. Like the next year, you're like, well, I need to have some, I bring it out. You know, We don't get that stuff in the US, so we gotta go with it.
0: You know, seriously, stop up Well, some of the some of the import we we could do a whole, we could spend twenty minutes on import and duties and all the other crap that's involved yeah. with. Anyway, True. yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate this.
1: Yeah, you know, Can- Canadians and Canada wine. Some of the most passionate people I've talked to in the wine business because you gotta really really love it in order to drink it there because it's a huge investment.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's exactly one way to put it for sure.
1: Yeah, it's a huge investment and it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of being very patient with the government.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Madeline. I really do appreciate this. especially My Yeah, no, for real. On launch day, um, I've been hanging Woo! out. <laughs> I've been. Uh,
1: Where do with, you get it in Canada? What do you mean? Can you buy it in bookstores now? There.
0: I don't know. I I did the pre-order, so.
1: Okay, so you're um, good to go.
0: Apparently FedEx is supposed to be arriving on whatever day. Whenever Whoa. whenever you put the journal whenever right. you put the journal in the in the uh in the box, right?
1: Tomorrow's gonna be a long day. We're gonna make it happen.
0: Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> hey, thank you. <laughs>
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank uh, w- you.
0: A lot of hard work, a lot of hard effort, and there's a lot of a lot of us who are very appreciative. So thank Dude, you. Dude,
1: I cannot wait for you guys to get this this set. It's gonna be awesome. It's
0: yeah, great. cool. Awesome. I saw
1: all the boxes in the warehouse today and we're just we were all hand numbering every single box down the line. Ooh, it was a lot of work, but I was like, at least I've been in the warehouse for the last 11 hours of book signing and yeah. then another 10 or 12 hours box numbering. Well, <laughs> so we're getting it together.
0: It's yeah. Happened. I mean, and you're making a lot of people happy, so.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's good. It's worth it. I'm yeah. happy about it. That's beautiful.
0: Cool. Thanks. Mama. All right. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests, friendsofthevine.podbean.com. Take care. Have a glass for me.